Hello, fellow griever. This is the Leftover Pieces Suicide Loss Conversations podcast, and I am Melissa, your host. This week, you have found yourself with me for one of my shorter, solo, down-the-rabbit-hole episodes. Here, I take you with me on a journey of sorts, through thoughts in my own griefy mind. Some days, I may tackle topics as if I am in Alice's shoes, slaying the Jabberwocky, and on others, I may end up in my own pool of tears, or I may just go a bit sideways and paint the proverbial roses red, but I always promise an adventure. So let's dive down the rabbit hole and see just what sorts of madness we might discover together. I am glad you have joined me, because while I do know how lonely this grief is, I also believe we needn't be alone. Welcome. Hi, and welcome. Today in our Down the Rabbit Hole episode, we are going to discuss specifically the three universal needs that I have found that moms have after the loss of their child by suicide. And I will start by saying that I think even if you lost someone other than your child, that you will probably be able to take some tips and pointers from this. So please don't be discouraged if you are not a mother, but I am specifically speaking to mothers today and the three universal needs that I have found that we all seem to have after the loss of our child by suicide. So how did I find these out, right? Well, first of all, I lost my child, Alex, to suicide almost seven years ago. At the time of the recording, we are just about a month out from the seven-year anniversary of losing Alex. And in my own journey, I have discovered many things to be true, some of them not to be true, And I have come to know and share space with many other moms that have lost a child to suicide. The three things, quite simply, that I have found that even though many of us have different needs and different journeys by definition, because our children were all unique and all of us are unique and our family situations are individual, that everybody seems to need resources at the time of loss and beyond. We all need and crave a community of connection. And we all want to build or leave a legacy for our child. And I'm going to expand on each of those just a little bit so that you can understand what that means and why it might benefit you if you are newer in your grief, or even if you're not and you feel like the dots aren't quite connecting and have you're having trouble establishing or building your new life after suicide loss, which this is the most difficult thing we could possibly ever try to recover from or learn to rebuild from. So you probably, if you aren't experiencing some of that now, you definitely have before and take it from me, you, you may again, because I still find places that I stumble and have to figure out how to continue to grow from. So I'm going to address the first one, which is resources at the time of loss and beyond. If you're like me, 
you found that the resources and the places to find resources can be few and far between in the suicide loss space. And then when you couple it with child loss, it can be even harder because we're kind of the redheaded stepchild of the lost community. It's really hard for people to face somebody who've lost a child, and especially so to suicide. What I have found in the years that I have been working with other suicide loss survivors, as well as walking my own journey, is that under that area of resources, we have to address which, um, I will just say which growth stage we're in, because I sure don't want to call it sequential stages or there, this is not a linear journey. So you don't just move neatly from one place to another in it. You absolutely go back and forth between the different parts of this journey. But I have found the first three years to be a bit sequential in their growth. And the first year I always refer to as survival. And that really is just getting through the first year. You're in a fog. So many things are being shielded from you, fortunately, and you're still somewhat trying to figure out how to even probably sometimes get up every day and do the things that you need to do. So you're in a survival mode, you're in shock, and you're just trying to make it through the first year. The second year, I often call hope, because that's when we start to figure out how to find the hope and what it's going to look like. We need to find hope in order to have a way to go forward and a way to start to build a new life to live alongside of this grief. And then in year three or around there, we find that we're ready to dig in and sometimes do a little bit more healing work. And when I say healing, I mean learning to grow in our grief and to grieve successfully, but I also mean learning to heal our trauma. And it can be often hard to to dig into that trauma until we get to a place of two or three years because we just aren't ready for it yet. But when we are, that can be a real game changer. So one of the things I've learned I have decided to do in the resource area um, a couple years ago was exactly that. This podcast was my very first answer to that because I was looking to resources and ways to find resources and couldn't find the podcast that I needed at the time. So quite frankly, I decided to create it. And I I know that it's been a good resource for many people because I hear from a lot of you. And quite honestly, if I have to take just a moment, I'd love to say thank you to everybody that does listen because it means the world to me when I hear from you and I love replying to those of you that reach out and I never dreamed that it would be the resource and the connection that it is, but that's one of the resources that I've created. I've also worked really hard to create a, um, I'm trying to, to think of the right word because you all know words always elude me, but I've tried to create a really thorough resource page. I try to stay on it regularly so that I can take anything off that doesn't seem relevant or possibly that is no longer um, you know, functional. Sometimes things close down or change websites. I try to add things as people come to me with recommendations for resources. And those resources are for moms, but I also have a lot of resources on there specifically for other losses, whether you've lost a sibling 
or a parent or a friend, um, I try to prov- or a spouse, I try to provide resources on there for everybody in the suicide loss space. But just finding those resources can be so hard. So one of the things I'm doing is also trying to provide pathways for people to more readily or easily find those resources. And I'm currently working to try to provide resources at the time of loss, because I don't know about you, but most of us didn't receive anything at the time of loss. And if we did, it was some national pamphlet or something that basically was full of facts and doesn't offer a whole lot of resource or connection to us on where we actually go to start rebuilding or finding support after this loss. So I have come up with a piece that I am going to be uh, rolling out pretty soon to hopefully funeral homes um, across the country that will provide a resource for people attending memorial services um, to be able to help them understand how to better support us grievers, but also how to be able to learn to destigmatize suicide loss and even talking about suicide loss and the people that we've lost. So providing those resources and finding them is one of our big universal needs as a mom after the loss of our child by suicide. The second universal need that I have found is the need to find a community of connection. And by community of connection, I mean a place where you can look at other moms that have also experienced the loss of a child by suicide in the eye and connect with them and talk with them and share parts of yourself and your journey and your heart with them. What I'm talking about is a place so that you don't feel alone. This is one of the loneliest journeys that I have ever been on. And we need people to understand as much as we wish that nobody else could understand this loss. It's really one of those dualities because we really need other people to understand. We need to find those safe places and friends because they give us a way to start to buoy ourselves up. They give us a place to put all of our feels and to talk about things and to learn how other people find ways to stand up and learn to live alongside of us. They also give us a place to go when nobody else understands something that we're feeling. They give us a place to be mad, to be sad, and to learn to celebrate those joys in a way that only moms understand. The way I answered this was I created a support community online. And I honestly am often at a loss for words when I talk about the amazing community of women that I have in the leftover pieces uh, support community, because I knew that I needed to provide a space and I wanted to provide a space for myself to find this connection as well. But never in a million years could I have imagined how connected and how important this community was going to be not only to myself, but to other women. So I can speak volumes to the fact that this is absolutely a universal need and makes all the difference in our healing. The women in my community are connected to each other, many of them on a daily basis. And they often um, are in visually sitting with each other on Zoom meetings, oftentimes at least once a week. 
And this has made all the difference, not only for myself, but for many of them. And so if you don't have a support community, you can always look at the leftover pieces, but you can also look in your community and you can go to my resource page and look at a lot of the national organizations that offer links to your local community to find places that you could go even in person. And I always challenge people to do two things. One, don't be afraid to try more than one because it is hard to find a fit. This is difficult. Well, this is beyond difficult. Difficult doesn't even touch what we're living with and dealing with. And so to put ourselves in this vulnerable place and to put ourselves out there with other people is really hard. But as soon as we do, and as soon as we find that place to connect, it just makes so much difference. It makes all the difference in the world on how we are when we're surviving this. And the third universal need that I have found makes a difference in mom's grieving and healing is that they have a need to to build or leave a legacy for their child. We want to be sure that our child's life and our child is remembered. We want their life to matter and not be forgotten. So for me, I think that this goes beyond most of our memorials, meaning it goes beyond a headstone or a memorial bench at the cemetery. It goes to places like a bench or a, or a marked spot in our community, a place with a plaque, a place where um, maybe there's a mural in the school. Those are the beginnings of leaving a legacy, a lasting legacy for our kids Some of us go on to establish things like podcasts or want to write a book. Some people start organizations or nonprofits or sell clothing in their community with awareness messages on it. These are all legacy pieces. And I have connections to several of those, some on my resource page, but I also have started the legacy writing project in my community that honestly has, again, surpassed my expectation. The first book um, where women have uh, collaborated um, in a project and written stories, chapters about their amazing kids is out. The second project is nearing its end. And the third project for this year, um, Legacy Project, will be starting in August. And it's just an amazing project. I can't honestly say enough about it. There is If you go to my website, you'll find a lot of resource information on just you can listen to the moms talk in a podcast episode about what this project meant to them. And there is a um, information page and lots of other options to find out exactly about this project, but also about others. And I just know that having these three needs, the need to find resources, the ability to find a community of connection, and a way to start to build a legacy for our child truly are the three things that unite moms in this loss. There are many other things that we may not share that may be different, but these are the three places that we seem to find everybody's intersecting on some level. And if you're a mom listening to this, and you haven't figured out how to find these three things in your life, I encourage you to think about it, to maybe journal and think about how you could find more resources or where are you 
in touch with a community of other fellow suicide loss survivor moms. And if you're not, where could you find that? Was that something that you're willing to consider and a risk you're willing to take in order to help your grief and your um, healing move forward? And how about legacy? Have you started to think about building a legacy and leaving a legacy for your child? These are all things to consider and all things that I have found to be integral for moms after a suicide loss. And probably the same needs could be applied to many of our losses after suicide. So if you're listening to this today as a mother who's lost a child by suicide and any of this made sense or resonated with you and you want to know where you can go to start, I would recommend that you consider starting right on my website, theleftoverpieces.com. And on there, you will find plenty of resources, ways to connect to a community, and also ways to start to build a legacy for your child. And if I can be of help in any way, please don't hesitate to reach out to me either through Instagram's messaging or at melissa at theleftoverpieces.com. And please give me always up to a week to respond to your email. But I promise I do respond to all of my emails personally. And I would be happy to assist in any way I can if there's something specifically you're looking for and can't find. So until next time, I'm sending you love and peace across the airwaves. And I will have you and your loved one in my thoughts. And I sure hope that we'll talk soon. So we'll conclude here for today. But I just wanted to say a few things before you go. If you're new to the podcast and have not listened to the very first episode called Intro Episode Start Here, all the way back at the beginning of season one, I would encourage you to do so so that you know what to expect from the leftover pieces. Because I do have several different styles of episodes that I record and we do release weekly, almost all of the time. So I hope that you will come back often to join us in this community of suicide loss survivors. If you have not already, also, I would encourage you to check out theleftoverpieces.com where you can find and have access to all of the things that I currently offer. Some of those things are online Zoom support groups, links to my books, educational opportunities that I'm adding all the time, as well as different downloadables, and resources for all suicide loss survivors. And if you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the podcast, or you'd just like to connect with me for any other reason, you can do it through the website as well. So until next time, I just want to remind you that I know how lonely this grief is, but you don't have to be alone. Talk soon.